Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Today we, we have the awesome opportunity to start a brand new series entitled Playlist. And, and this is actually the second time we do it. And so we're going to spend five weeks on talking about the songs that we always sing, but they, have a, they actually have much more to say. And, and this week we actually get to talk about a song that's written by Hillsong United, and it's called As You Find Me. Amen? And, and actually the, these are some of the lyrics that we're going to touch on today, and it's, I don't know, if maybe you can follow me, Mark. Let me see. I'm going to try to do this, all right? I'm going to try to do this, all right? And I know now I don't deserve this kind of love. I don't need echo. I got, I got this. I don't need echo. Thank you. Somehow this kind of love is who you are. It's a grace I could never add up to be somebody you still want. But somehow, everybody say it with me, you love me as you find me. And I love the bridge to this song because it says, if you want my heart, I won't second guess. Because I need your love more than anything. I'm in, I'm yours. Your love's too good to leave me here. Your love's too good to leave me. And the scripture that most resonates with this idea that God's love will never leave us and God's love will love us and as it finds us is the scripture found in Romans chapter 5 starting at verse 5 and we're going to read across through verse 11. And here's what it says. It says, this hope does not disappoint us for God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit, who is God's gift to us. Verse 6, for when we were still helpless, when we were far too weak, Christ died for the wicked. Now, here, here, now pay attention to this. At the time that God chose. It is a difficult thing for someone to die for a righteous person. It may even be that someone might dare to die for a good person. But God has shown us how much he loves us it was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us next one is this, is this it by his blood we are now put right with God how much more then will we be saved by him from God's anger we were here it goes again we were God's enemies but he made us his friends through the death of his son. Now that we're God's friends, how much more will we be saved by, by Christ's life? But that is not all. We rejoice because of what God has done through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has now made us God's friends. I want you to write this down in your notebooks, if you're taking notes, or maybe in your iPhones. Put this down. The title of today's message is the title to the song, and it's As You Find Me. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, As You Find Me. Tell them, As You Find Me. 
Can, we, can you just join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you. And we're so grateful, God, that um, you love us as you find us. That your grace is extended to humanity, undeserved, unmerited. And you love us just the way we are. We pray for this message, God, let it be much more than information, God. That it, let it be transformation taking place in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in the room says, come on, can we give God a shout of praise one more time? Uh, how many would agree, thank you so much, Mark, we're good. How many would agree that timing is everything? Five people would agree that, but we're all right. I, I think that timing is everything. If you really think about, timing is so important that even uh, you can do something, an action, in the wrong timing, and what was a good action now became a bad action because it was done in the wrong timing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know that has the bad cases of bad timing? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's a good thing for you to take a nap before work, but if you take a nap in the middle of work, that's a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, um, and so I've been a victim of, of bad timing, but this is uh, all across the board. I mean, if you think about music, music, right? Music is, is all about the rhythm and the timing. Like a few steps ahead, you, you're messing up the whole harmony. A few steps behind, you're wrecking the whole thing. If you can't come into pace with the timing, if you've if you ever seen a mixed martial arts fight or maybe some boxing, right, uh, uh, you, you would notice that you have two individuals who pretty much have the same skill set and, and are all qualified to be in a, in a ring with unarmed combat. And, and, and it's not so much that one is better than the other. What happens is that it, it could be that the other person had better timing than the other person. And it was that beautiful left hook at the right time that went across the person's face. It wasn't because he was better. It wasn't because I was better. It was because I had the right timing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so speaking of timing, on, on August 11th of this year, I was scheduled to, I was scheduled to go on vacation. And I was going to enjoy some, some beautiful, just a beautiful staycation away from home. Anybody ever had one of those, like a beautiful vacation away from home? Like, isn't that awesome? No? Just me? We're going to have to help the people. It's okay. You can get verbally involved in this church. You can shout amen. You can shout take your time. The sky is blue. Come on, somebody. Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so I was... I was uh, Scheduled to go on vacation, and uh, I couldn't wait for it. I mean, I looked forward to it because it had been such a long time since we, my wife and I had to go, go on, a, on a getaway, you know. It was, it was definitely well-deserved. It, it was definitely a long waiting, and, and, and we were getting ready August 11th. But on August 10th, <laughs> Pastor Rowe decides that he's going to take his six foot one, 255 pounds of pure muscle and get... That, that, that wasn't even the punchline. That was 255. I, I decided that I was going to get on a skateboard the day before my vacation. And I got on that skateboard and I, 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 I did that, like that song says, kick and push. And I was flowing. 
And I was looking good. Darren, how long was I looking good for? For 20 seconds. I was looking good. And then the devil came from the pit of hell, took the skateboard up, up under my feet. I went flying. I did a tuck and roll. I landed on my right arm. As a matter of fact, we got some footage right here. Look. I'm just joking. I would never show you that. I'm not going to show you my fault. And I've dislocated my right arm, completely dislocated my right arm, and all I could think was, this is the worst time this could be happening to me. Because I got to go on vacation, and there's some things that are expected of me in vacation that I cannot do with one arm. And so, and so I need to be ready to be on my vacation. And I went to the hospital. It took four doctors to put this arm back into place because of all the muscle that was in the way. And I don't, I don't, I don't get what's funny. Um, and all I could think, man, this is terrible timing. Like, you ever had something happen to you? And it was not that it was so bad. Like, I would have been good with it happening to me three months ago. I would have been good with it happening to me a month after my vacation. Like, but why did it have to happen, like, one day before me going on a vacation that I wanted, right? Someone shout, bad timing. And so in the same manner, I've been a victim of bad timing. And, and I've also been, I've also seen the beauty of good timing and and. And I, when I think about good timing and bad timing, I, I can't help to think about God, right? Because I look at God, and I begin to wonder, God, what is your timing like? You ever thought about that? Like, God, what is, what is your timing like? Because if God appoints a time and God chooses a time, then it means that it has to be perfect. And so when I talk to God, I'm saying, God, why did this happen? have to happen to me on vacation, and I blame God for this decision happening in bad timing, and I could imagine God in his sovereignty talking about, no, that wasn't my timing, that was your stupidity, don't give me, don't blame me for that, right? Um, but in the same way that I see God, I see the bad timing in life, I also see the good timing in life. I mean, if you think about how God brought us to this location, we were sitting in a, in a room that fit about 75 people. And uh, I remember I went crazy looking for another location. And I was going to school after school after school, maybe about uh, two dozen schools that I visited to find a location that would fit our church, that would be best for our church to grow and blossom and, and flourish. And, and I remember looking school after school, and there was no door open. There was nothing that was, that was awesome for us to walk into. There was no school that was willing to have us. And I remember specifically where God told me the moment I walked out of a school, he said, stop looking. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? Because I got to find a new location. And the Lord said, stop looking. And I said, okay, Lord, I guess we're going to stay in this auditorium of 75 people for as long as you say. And I remember the moment it was right after Easter in 2017, the Lord said, okay, you can look now. And you didn't, he didn't have to tell me twice, you know what I'm saying? The Lord gave me the green light. I said, oh, Lord, here I go. And so I remember driving up to McKee High School, and that was the appointment that I had. I spoke to them. I told them that I would wanted to visit, and they said, okay, we would have you. It would have cost this amount of money. And I remember speaking to them before the Lord told me not to. 
uh, before the Lord told me to stop. And so I picked up where I left off and I said, okay, I'm going to go back to McKee. And I go to McKee and I can't find any parking. And so what I do is I, I go down the block. And how many of you know that this school is down the block from McKee? And so I go down the block. I say, oh, my goodness, where did this school come from, right? And I remember I parked right across the street from McKee, the parking lot right there. Someone paid for my parking. And as I'm about to enter to McKee, God tells me, go to the school before you go to McKee. And I go to the school here. I meet a custodian named Marty. And Marty tells me, isn't it interesting? We've, been, we've actually been preparing to have an organization to come use our facility because it will actually help our school. What was the name of your organization? Christ Uncensored House of Worship. They said, man, this is actually the perfect time for you to come here because we've, we've been actually looking for someone. And guess what, Kuhau? The rest is history because we are here today, two years later, getting ready to reach Staten Island for Jesus. Amen. Can we give God a shout of praise? Come on. I think about, I think about his timing, and, and, and when I think about his timing, I look at the scripture, right? And, and I look in Romans chapter 5, and it says, for we were still helpless. We were far too weak. Christ died for the wicked at the, what does that say? At the, everybody say it together. At the time what? At the time that God chose. It says, but God has shown us how much he loves us. This word love is this word that you see in front of you in the Greek. Agape. Everybody shout agape. And so God agape us. God loved us. And it says, Christ died for the wicked at the time that God chose. It is a difficult thing for one person to die for a righteous person. It may even be that someone might dare to die for a good person. But God has shown us how much he agape us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. Next one. By his blood we are now put right with God. How much more than we will be saved by him from God's anger. We were God's enemies. Now, I wrote down a few words here and I said, isn't it interesting that the perfect time for God, that God chose to die for us was when we were helpless, wicked, sinners, and enemies. Did you catch that? Like God says that the perfect time for me to come down and give my life for humanity is when they're helpless, is when they're wicked, is when they're sinners, and it's when they're my enemies. It wasn't when, when Moses climbed up to the mountain and got the Ten Commandments that God said, this is a perfect time to die and give my life. It wasn't where Jericho, where Joshua defeated Jericho. It wasn't when David defeated Goliath. It wasn't when Abraham went to sacrifice his son. It wasn't in any of these epic moments that seemed to have a deserving factor for someone to give up their life for. Like, I'm looking at God, I'm saying, no, this is not the right time. The right time to die for somebody, if you are going to die for somebody, right? 
is when you have an intruder, all the husbands in the house know what I'm talking about. All the husbands in the house know that if someone breaks into their home and tries to get at their family member, what are you going to do? You're going to get in the way, you're going to fight, and you might even die saving your family member. That's an awesome way to go out. Right, like if you're going to give your life for somebody, it should be a life that's deserved, deserving to live. Right, like if, if, you're, if, you're, if your two-year-old child runs across the street and you, dun, 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 you run, you grab the child, you chuck him out of the way, you get hit by the car. That's a time that you should die for somebody. But God says this, he says, the time that I chose to die for them is when they were helpless, when they were wicked, when they were sinners, when they were enemies. Why? Because this is the perfect environment and setting where the optimal expression of my agape love could be made manifest. Why? Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. This is what God is saying. God chose this to be the perfect time because it is in the epitome of humanity's depravity and failures where God's unconditional love will take center stage and shine the brightest. He says, that's when my love shines the most. It's when you are my enemies. It's when you are sinners. It's in your depravity. It's in your failures that my light shines the most. If you believe that in this place, give God a shout of praise. Listen to me. This is the kind of love that blows me away. This is the, the kind of love that just, this agape love, just, I don't, this is, the one that blows me away, but it's the one I most desperately need. This is why Joe Houston will say, and I know now, I don't deserve this kind of love. But somehow, this kind of love is, is who you are. It's a grace I can never add up. To be somebody that you still want. But somehow, you love me as you find me. Somehow you can, like, like it's hard to love someone as you find them. Let me take it further. It's hard to find something and love them as you find it. Right? Like we, like we say, oh, my God, I love chicken. No, you don't. You love the final product of chicken. Like, we don't love what we say we love. We love the final product of what we say we love. I love potatoes. No, you don't. You love the final product of some French fries. But the beauty of God's love, it just blows me away. When I think about the capacity of God's love to include, even as he finds you, no matter where you are, no matter what condition you're in, no matter how he finds you, no matter the conditions, no matter the circumstances, no matter where you are in life, God manages to, to love you every single step of the way. He's not looking or waiting for you to become some complete version of yourself to love you. He's not looking to wait 
for you to come to church enough times to love you. God's not waiting for you to know all the songs and all the Bible verses to love you. Every single step of your journey, he says, I love you as I find you. He's not waiting for you to become pure. He loves you even in your impurity. He's not waiting for you to become holy. He says, I love you even when you're unholy. He's not waiting for you to become clean. He says, I'm willing to love you in your filth, in your mess, in your situation. I'm not waiting for you to arrive. I've come to love you. That's why I love Lisa because she's a lot more like God than I am. Eight years. We just made Tuesday. We made eight years married. Come on, somebody. What? What? I can't do it that strong with that Sam. But I got a mean left hook. That was a straight. What am I talking about? Eight years we've been married. Eight years. And I've been married to the same woman for eight years. Lisa has been married to eight different Rolandos for eight years because I was 330 pounds and she loved me as she found me. She loved the heavyset row. She loved the judge, the judgy religious row. She loved me as she found me. She loved the paleo Atkins diet row. She loved me as she found me. She loved the bulking season row. She loved me as she found me. She loved the vegan row. She loved me as she found me. She loves the vegan-ish row. She loves me as she finds me. She loved the yoga row. She loved me as she, you ain't got to love me. She loved me as she finds me. And she got another thing coming for 2020. I'm going to introduce her to the six-pack abs row. She loved me as she finds me. And so God, (laughs) and so God, chose to love us as he finds us. And I have to ask the question, how is it that God found humanity when we talk about this time that he chose to die and give up his life for us? What is that time? Well, it was in, it was in the moment here, write this down, when we were way off. Like it was the moment like we were away from God. Where we thought we were too far from him. And, and, and I used some of these lyrics from Joel Houston's writings. And it says, I have wrestled and I have trembled toward surrender. I've chased my heart adrift. And I've drifted home again. I've plundered blessing till I've been desperate for redemption. And every time I turn around, it's still there. What is he talking about? He's like, man, my journey has been filled with lefts and rights and ups and downs. But every single step of the way, I look around and God is right by my side. And I think about all the times. Have you ever felt like you were so far from God? If we were honest today, how many times have you felt like, man, I just feel like so far from God. I feel like I can't reach him. I feel like I can't touch him. I feel like he doesn't hear my prayers. I feel so distant. 
I feel so far away. I feel like, like we don't even have a relationship anymore. And, and I want to tell you something. There is the truth that there was a moment in human history where we were, a, we were far from God. For the Bible says that when Adam sinned, that we all sinned. And when Adam sinned, the curse entered the world and it broke fellowship with God. And there was a huge chasm that was between God and man. And man would not be able to reach God in any way, shape, or form. There was no distance that man could cover. No matter how morally good they will behave, no matter how many rituals they followed, no matter what they did to try to reach God, there is absolutely nothing they were able to do to reach God. But what did God do? God put on human flesh. God became like us because we could not become like God by ourselves. And so God put on human flesh. And when you look at the paranamic, when you look at the paranamic view of, of, of the life of Jesus, you will see that where he goes is a demonstration of how far he will go to reach you. And so he went to a manger. Why? Because he wanted to reach you. He went into a carpenter's house. Why? Because he wanted to reach you. He went geographically to where, pl pl where Jews would never go. Why? Because he wanted to reach you. He even went to the grave. Why? Because he wanted to reach you. He died on the cross. Why? Because he wanted to reach you. And so I want to tell you today that the next time you think you're far from God, just look, turn around. Because when you look at your life, you can see that God was evident. When you got sick and you should have died, and he rescued you. When your family member gossiped about you and he gave you peace. When your marriage failed and he held you together. When that job let you go and he provided with his finances. Just look and turn around and you'll see that God's been by your side every single step of the way. second thing I want to give you is that he found, he found us when we were way off. This way off is the language of the prodigal son. It says while they were a way off, the father ran to the son. And this is what God has done for us. He has run to the, to the prodigal sons in this room. The second thing I want you to write this down. How did he find us? Weak. Put this in your notebook. Weak. He found us weak. If you were the last person to get picked in dodgeball, it's because you are the weakest. And I want to say, like, I don't know about you, but there's been times that I felt like I was not good enough to be on God's team. Because I felt so weak. And what makes me feel weak, I don't know about you, but what makes me feel weak is my weaknesses. Right? Because I feel strong with my strengths, but I, I feel weak with my weaknesses. Like, you would have spoken to me two months ago. I would have said there's no man in this room that could tap me out. But on August 10th, let me remind you, I dislocated my right arm. And now, there might not be a woman here that I could tap out. Why? Because I feel weak. And when you feel weak, you feel inferior. And what happens is, is that God reached us at our weakest point. God reached us in our weakness. And I think about this all the time because I say, God, why did you, have you ever felt like, God, why did you make me like this? Why is it that I, like, 
the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing that I, I don't do, that's the thing I should do. And, and sometimes it feels like, like God, why, why do I feel like I'm struggling? Why do I feel like, like, like I'm carrying around this weakness? And have you ever prayed this prayer? Lord, just take away my weakness. And what if God said no? Because he did it to Paul. He told Paul this very thing. He said, he said and he said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> this is, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Wait, what? The apostle Paul is praying to God. He's saying, God, 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 please, God, God, take away this weakness. Take away this thorn from my flesh. Take away this thing that keeps destroying my life. Take it away. God, please take it away. And God says, no, my grace is made perfect in your weakness. Here's what he's saying. That your weakness is actually the material that God uses to perfect his strength in your life. I'm going to go on this side. I don't know if, if they heard me here. Your weakness is the strength, is the material that God uses to manifest his strength in your life. When I look at the life of Moses, Moses was called by God and God told Moses, I need you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Here's what Moses says. Moses says, I stutter, God. I am not qualified to do this. You know what God tells him? He says, who made your mouth? Wait, what? No, like, uh, but you don't understand. I got, I, got, I, got, I got this struggle. I got this weakness. I got this problem. I got this disorder. I, got the, I, I don't, can't do what Frank could do. I can't do what Stephanie can do. You don't understand. This is my weak area. This is the thing that, that I've been struggling with for the last 10 years. I was like the woman with the issue of blood. Like the first year I thought I'd be able to get rid of it. The second year I thought I'd be getting rid of it. But now I'm here 12 years later and I'm still struggling with the same weakness I've been struggling with as long as I can remember. And I don't know. It's like a thorn in my flesh. I can't get rid of it. There's a lot of roses, but there's a lot of thorns. I've been struggling with this thing and God says, no, 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 you don't understand. It's the material that I need. Oh, Moses, you stutter, but that's the weakness that I need to allow my power to be made manifest in your life. But Jeremiah says, I'm too young. That's my weakness. God says, no, your youth is the weakness that I need to put up in this melting pot and use it so that my power could be made manifest in your life. David, sin. Oh, this is going to wreck some of us. Are you ready? This is going to wreck some of us. David sinned. He committed adultery with a woman by the name Bathsheba. He committed adultery with a woman by the name Bathsheba, who ended up being the wife of his forerunner, of one of his generals, of one of his lead men in the army. God, I sinned. It's too late. I messed up big time. God, I've, I've destroyed my life. I've ruined it. I've ruined it. I've become king of Judah. I've become king of Israel. And now I go and I commit adultery with a woman that is not mine and with the wife of a general in my army. It's over with. God used that woman 
to be the woman who gave birth to Solomon. I'm going to mess y'all up right now. Can you imagine out of 365 wives that David had in about 600 concubines, that the woman that God chose to give birth to Solomon was Bathsheba, who ended up being the, the grandfather, the great, 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 great grandfather of the Savior named Jesus. Guess what? See, like half of the people clap in this room because they're like, what? You trying to say that God used an adulterous relationship to re... What? Yes, God used Bathsheba to give... Someone kind of come out this sermon and be like, Pastor Rose said it was okay to get people pregnant. No, it wasn't. I didn't say that. The devil is a liar. But in God's sovereignty, he somehow, somehow, Use Bathsheba to give birth to Solomon. He could have used Micah, one of David's other wives. He could have used her, but he chose the DNA that would come through the line of David and Bathsheba to give birth to Solomon, who ended up being the grand great grandfather of Jesus. It is through salvation. God brought about salvation through the weakness of humanity. So God meets us in our weakness, but he doesn't only meet us in our weakness. He meets us in our wickedness. If you look at your life, I mean, I think that there's things that we, ha we are far from God, right? We're too weak to reach God. But there's also the things that we struggle with that we've hurt other people. This, the things that we've caused upon ourselves, right? Like how many of you guys good, have good advice for other people? <laughs> like are you like me that I'm so good at giving weight loss advice? I'm so bad at following my weight loss advice. So there are some things in our lives that, man, like we're doing the wrong. We are the ones bringing about chaos and drama in our own lives. And so God finds us in our wickedness. For, for Look what it says. It says, Christ died for the wicked at the time that God chose. We are God's enemies, but he made us his friends through the death of his son. What does it mean that he, he found us to be way off while we were way off? He found us while we were in our weakness. He also found us when we were wicked, when we were ungodly. When, let's be honest, when, when we were, when he told us to go left and we went right. When he's told us to go forward and we went backwards. When God says to do that and we didn't. When God said, no, not them, and you did. Come on, somebody. He, he loved us. He loved us even when we were actively walking away from him. He loved us as he found us. And the last one I want to give you as the worship team comes up is wounded. Everybody shout wounded. Wounded. The Bible says in... 
Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. I never read this verse like this, but when I read this verse, can you read it like me and realize that Adam did something and now I'm paying for it? Can I ask you something? Have you ever been in a situation? Have you ever looked at your circumstance? Have you ever looked at the place that you are in in life and said, man, because someone made a decision, I'm here. Because someone, you, you, you were planning to spend your, the rest of your life with them. Things were going amazing. So amazing you had to pause in the middle of the amazing. And now all of a sudden, four years in the middle of the relationship, it cracks and it splits. And now you find yourself in a place that you're wounded and it's, it's because of the drama and the pain that has been brought to your life. Have you ever been like, man, I would have been okay had this not happened. I, I would have been okay had I not been sexually molested at eight years old. I, I would have been okay if, if they wouldn't have done what they did. But now I find myself wounded. And let me tell you what happens when you're wounded. When you're wounded, what do you do? You raise a wall. Let's be honest, right? Oh, ain't nobody going to hurt me again. Ain't nobody, nobody going to hurt me again. Are you crazy? Look, look at this wall that I've built. This wall that I've built? Why? Because I'm wounded. And if I don't protect me, then who's going to? Right? If I don't cover my wounds, then who's gonna? Because the last time I allowed someone to get behind the wall, all they did was hurt me even more. And what the Bible calls, the biblical language for you building up a wall is called a stronghold. And so you've built up a stronghold of independence to ensure that no one will hurt you again. And you've built up a wall of insecurity so no one will hurt you again. And you've built up a wall of anger. Why? So no one will hurt you again. But look what Corinthians says in chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. I've been fighting the wrong fight. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't wage war in the, in the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy the walls you've put up. The very love that you need is needed so that you could forgive, so that you can bring down the walls. And the love that you need is this love called agape. 
I need this love. I need, I need an agape love. This is the love that I need, but this is the love that I feel so far from. Because I can't bring down the wall. But the only thing that can bring down the wall in the stronghold, it says to surrender to the obedience of Christ. What was the obedience of Christ until death? It was him dying on the cross. And so the thing that you need to bring down the strongholds and the walls that you've put up, the walls of bitterness, the walls of unforgiveness, the walls of resentment, the walls of, you can't get behind this because you can't hurt me. And then you end up, making someone else pay for the price that someone else caused in your life. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm far away from agape. Is it just me or I look at this and I'm, I'm like, I'm a far away from agape. Like, I don't have agape love. I have with a gap you ever had a gap love you know you know what's a gap love I don't have a gap I have a gap because it's falling short from the completeness of God's love so I have a gap I'm almost there but I got a gap you know what a gap is a gap is I love you from here I love you but there's a gap between you and I. Oh no, I love you, but there's a gap in my heart. I need this kind of love, but as long as we're operating from less than what God's perfect love is for us, we will never be able to walk into the fullness that God has for us. I've made a decision in my life that I will not hold resentment or anger or bitterness towards any single human being in my life. I refuse to walk in a gap. I'm tired of walking in a gap. I need, I need the fullness of God's love. I need the complete version of God's love. I need the complete package of God's love. I need agape love. It can't be a gap because I'm missing out, because I'm left empty, because I'm left void. I need, I need the complete version of God's love because it's his agape love that extinguishes all fear. It's agape love that encourages my soul. It's agape love that revitalizes my life. It's God's love. His eternal acceptance of me is the agape love that I need, not only for myself, so that I can extend forgiveness to you, so that I can have peace within myself. Does anybody believe in that in this place? So I say, God, if you want my heart, I won't second guess because I need your love more than anything. I'm in. I'm in your agape love. I'm yours agape love. Your love's too good 
to leave me here. I want to tell somebody today before we conclude this message, hear this. God's, too, God's love is too good to leave you way off. And that is why he came close. God's love is too good to leave you weak. That is why he says in your weakness, he's your strength. God's love is too wicked. That's why he said that it is in your wickedness that he came die, down and died for humanity and made you clean and pure and holy. God, God's love Love is too good to leave you in your wounded state. So he came that by his stripes we are healed. It's just too good. So if you want my heart, I won't second guess. Because I need your love more than anything. I'm in, I'm yours. I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet for the next few seconds. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.